You ready? Mm-hmm. Can you guys make those voices behind me while I do this? Absolutely, things? yes, we will. Oh. Hey, buds. Hello. Uh, hi. Oh. Welcome to another episode of Tights and Fights. I feel welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for listening. And as per always, if you got the time and you got the compunction, mm. why don't you go on to wherever you uh, wherever you listen to podcasts or on Apple Podcasts and rate us those five stars so that we can eventually start bringing you merch, five start stars. going to more places, oh, maybe hit up the convention. X-rated. <laughs> Sorry. So you can be like Kid Gold, all caps, who wrote funny, great information. And well put together. Oh, it's very straightforward. Kind words. So go ahead and go to wherever you see podcasts or listen to podcasts or see them or feel them in your heart. Yes. Um, yeah. Including Apple Podcasts and all other places where pods pod. Um, and give us those five stars so that we can start bringing you merch and our own lovely faces. Yeah. Pod on me. Pod all over us, you guys. Tides and Pies Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast there's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well Tyson Bites podcast Tyson Bites <laughs> talking wrestling this is the Tights and Bites Pod. We're talking wrestling on Tights and Bites. We're talking wrestling on Tights and Bites. This is the Tights and Bites Podcast. Talking wrestling. We're talking wrestling on this podcast. Welcome to Tights and Bites. I'm wearing my sunglasses. I couldn't help but pop and lock. He did. He both popped and locked. <laughs> then I did the worm. <laughs> Someday. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling. <laughs> what? How gets wormed? How gets wormed? That's not. That's and not now a good I'm title. suing the cameraman. I'm just like Titus. I'm countersuing <laughs> that cameraman when I got wormed. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the future mitzvah heavyweight champion, Hal Lublin, <laughs> and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Y2 Bay, Danielle Radford. Oh, that's hello. tight. And I like it. The Army of Smarkness, Mike Eagle. That's, that's who I am for real. That's mm-hmm. so good. In my real life. It's so good. And our special guest for the day, the writer of many books and comics, it's BJ Beautiful Justice Mendelssohn. Beautiful Justice. BJ Mendelssohn, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome, sir. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about your wrestling fandom. Oh, God. Uh, it started with, uh, so I have two brothers who are mentally disabled, and I have to just put that out up front. So one of them used to barge into my room at like two o'clock in the morning and he would turn on the lights and turn on the TV and be like, WCW Worldwide Wrestling is on. And I would sort of look and be like, what the F is happening? (laughs) And so after about a month of this, I started to get into it with him. I was like, I really enjoy this. This is all this is like a live action comic book. And so. Uh, we just started watching it together, and then that evolved into not too long after ECW, which all, which was also like on an ungodly hour on the MSG network. And uh, I sooner or later made my way over to WWE and never looked back. And do you how how closely do you watch and follow now? Are you can't miss it every single week? Are you watch when you can? What what's your what's your current relationship and, so, and depth of fandom? I realized a few years back that WWE was – I'm no longer the audience for WWE, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like, that's not a bad thing. So I'll watch the first hour, and if it keeps my interest, I'll stick with it. But if it's going to go in the direction that I, I just won't find entertaining, I'll go and do other stuff and watch the highlights on YouTube. It sounds so well, healthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, – you know, I, I really wish that I was still watching it all the way through. But when it went to three hours, I was kind of like, all right, this is – I mean, I was still married at the time when I went to three hours. It's like, there's no way I can get my wife, who already hates wrestling, to sit here for another hour. And then after I got divorced, I was like, man, I got shit to do. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I you can't you won wrestling in the divorce. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> or is it? I'm still, did did I'm wrestling still... cause the divorce? <laughs> Maybe. <No. laughs> that third hour of Raw every Monday. Well, I wonder oh, how many man. how many relationships broke up when Raw went to three hours. That's good research we should do. <laughs> we should do that research, Julian. 
Is that like the number of babies that will be born when Brock drops the title? Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> I know there'll be I I there'll be a lot of people fucking in celebration when that happens. There have to be. Oh, yeah. There have to be. I've joined that clan. Yeah, <laughs> you're ready. Yes, you're ready. I, I am ready. I keep telling my wife, I'm like, get ready. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it will happen. We will know each other's touch again. We have a lot to get to. This week, and gentle I, I, touch of my wife. Yeah, I, I kind of want to uh, now understanding that what happens in the first hour determines how much more you're going to watch. I think going through the go uh, the go home editions of both Raw and SmackDown and NXT and five million other shows. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious to see how they held your attention. So the, the opening segment of Raw kicked off with Roman and Bobby Lashley getting into into a brawl, which I loved. Loved the brawl. The brawl was good. The setup for it. Felt like two kindergarten kids. I dare you to ask me to come out and fight you. Oh, yeah? I'll show you. I, I like the, the whole setup to it because, uh, like, wrestlers interrupting each other in the hallway is something I feel like should happen yeah. if you guys fight for a living and there's cameras everywhere. BJ, did you did you see this? Did seeing this segment, if you saw it, make you want to go to YouTube or stick around for more? Because we're not. So, this is the full hour. Were you going to make a baby this night? Yeah. Did you know? <laughs> Uh, so I'm like an impact wrestling guy, and I mentioned that because I'm all about Bobby Lashley. Uh, I, I think that he's at his best when he's got someone else talking for him, particularly MVP was really good at that. So uh, it's kind of lacking in his new WWE presentation. But I, I was hyped for this. I, I, you know, I look with Roman, he's a real-life superhero. Uh, kids love him, and I love to see a character like Lashley get in his way that at least on paper should give him a challenge. And so I was all about it. And I think it was Mark Henry that gave an interview earlier this week. And he said, you know, it was like being in school and watching like two kids want to fight each other and people just gathering around and going fight, fight, fight. So, <laughs> and he mentioned, you know, it's the first time. And I think this is true that people weren't booing Roman during the segment. Like they legitimately wanted to see these two go at it. So I was, I was pretty apt about it. I do feel like I'm excited to see these two guys wrestle one another now. And I, I think that Roman Reigns is doing really good promo work. Like he's way, he was so scripted two years ago and that was part of why people couldn't stand him. And now it feels like he's in more of a zone where either he's delivering better or he's I, actually be given some, some what I What I would say to that point is I think that he's still just as scripted, but I think they were scripting him poorly a few years ago. Yeah, they were trying to make him into something that he isn't naturally. Right, right. and I think now they've made him like cool, cocky, badass, and if it weren't, for the three years of mismanagement, people might be into this character. Well, and cool, cocky, badass was what we liked about the Shield. He right. was the cool, cocky. Right. I say like two words, and then I punch you in the face. And then all of a sudden, it was like skibbity boo, skirt, skirt. Yeah, like, he, was, he was comedy Roman, and comedy Roman it works for some people. It doesn't work for him. I have a question for you, BJ. Did you sure. were you around when Lashley had his first WWE run? Were you watching the product? In? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been watching uh, pretty consistently since 1994. So yeah, I remember uh, you know the WrestleMania main event with the douchebag in chief at Baga. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, you know the, what was interesting is you could tell at that time he was sort of in the vein of like. A Batista, where he was kind of big and he really didn't offer much other right. than a really good look. Mm -hmm. But I, I, you know, again, like I feel like if you watch his work in Impact, he, it's light years ahead of what it was in his during his first WWE run. And even though like only 200 people watch Impact, it, it's still <laughs> uh, it really adds a dimension to that character. But yeah, his his initial run wasn't so great. Like they were trying really hard to have him be like your typical I don't like using wrestling inside wrestling terms like babyface but they, you know, they were definitely trying to push him in that direction and really it wasn't working kind of like with Roman do you do you think that his current WWE iteration is better than the one that was before no uh, and that's that's the problem like you know I love Sami Zayn but that feud did nobody any favors and prior to that he had just sort of appeared Right. With no, there was no hype or anything. It was like, oh, hey, Bobby Lashley, uh, for you know the two people that watch wrestling on Thursday nights, here's your guy. Uh, 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 let's let's jump over to the beginning of SmackDown now, where we had uh, Team Hell No reuniting again on Miz TV. Is this reunion? Do uh, th this to me feels like they're biding their time 
be until either they re-sign Daniel Bryan, right, or that contract is up and he is gone. Hmm. Does this uh, outside of the initial pop you got when they reunited, and the and the fun Backstreet Boys reference in the backstage segment <laughs> later in the right. show, is this is this doing anything for any of you? I like it. Um, obviously, it's a, it, it is a nostalgia pop, so I'm okay with it not overstaying its welcome. But they're already like selling T-shirts and doing that whole thing. Right. Um, my thought is that. They have let, and this is all speculation, I don't know anything, but it feels like they've let Daniel Bryan come back because they want him to come back um, and because they know what could happen if he goes somewhere else. But for the first few feuds or whatever he has, he is going to be dealing with people who have, um, or at least someone in the match has big old hands that can catch him. <laughs> just, True. Just hold him. And just hold him and his baby head. <laughs> BJ, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I just don't want to see Kane anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not really sold on Kane. I'm not I'm really. I know this is blasphemy, but I'm not really a big Daniel Bryan guy. Right. Uh, I know that. Mm. I know. That if you're like a wrestling fan and you're a white guy in your 30s, you're supposed to like Daniel Bryan, but. <laughs> Uh, I just uh, he just never connected for me in a way that I think he did with a lot of fans. So to me, it's sort of like I'm excited you're back. I'm really happy for you that you can do the thing that you love. But I also don't care. Uh, I rather would see someone new from NXT that's come up, or someone from Ring of Honor or Impact or New Japan, sort of getting the the spot that you're getting. Got Ooh. somebody specific you put in that spot? Espe- especially NXT. I, I'm I'm really curious. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, anyone from the Undisputed Era, I think, is yeah, really good. Yeah, fucking Undisputed Era. Yeah. Um, you know, I want Dream to be, like, a WrestleMania headliner. Agreed. Sure. Yeah, you know, like, that can't happen soon enough. He, The things that he does in the ring with his psychology is, is fantastic. So, I mean, I'd like to see someone like that. And Daniel, I mean, with Daniel Bryan, we saw it. He had WrestleMania 30, where he opened the show and closed the show and had the big happy ending, which is the thing McMahon always wants for WrestleMania. So... What else can you really do with him from a character standpoint other than just go through the motions? I, I you know, I, I, I want to interject there because the whole time we were having this conversation, I was thinking about how, like, I went to WrestleMania this year. I was there in a the Superdome, and when he came out, I mean, Ronda Rousey had an amazing match that people were definitely into, but but in terms of like who everybody in that building was excited to see, we were super excited to see and be a part of. Daniel Bryan's like comeback match like mm-hmm. it felt like such a huge moment and it felt like he was in a position where you could have booked him to be a title contender like you you could have put him directly in any picture because he comes back and he's you know he's sucking up all the oxygen in a way he's the one we love right yeah. you know um and so I do feel like there's places to go with him with booking but it feels like they're choosing to put him in storylines that don't mean as much and and to me, I think that's affecting, you know, uh, how how interested people are in his character. I agree. That's a great point. Uh, let's stay on SmackDown for a second. Uh, what are you hoping for from Rusev's first WWE title match? A win. I am too. Oh, I'm not. I want to win. I I I like AJ Styles. I think he puts on great matches with everybody. This run has been super vanilla for me. I like the run. His heel yeah. run, I liked a lot more. I liked it less because I don't think he's a good heel because I don't think he's good on a microphone. I think like really, if you're a heel. You, I think he's terrible on. Do you think he's a? You think he's better as a face on the microphone than a heel on the microphone? Yes, because he has to say less. I don't know. Okay. Every time he speaks as a baby face, though, I get pulled out. Well, he gets to punch people in the face sometimes, just out of nowhere, which is which is better for me than him trying to explain why like I should hate him because. He's not good at that. I know. What yeah. do you think, BJ? No, so I'm a huge, I'm a huge Rusev fan. Uh, I'm disappointed that it took so long for them to get to this point with Rusev Day, where he's finally getting you know a one-off title match. I don't have much confidence that that he'll win. I would really love it because I, I, I do think you're right. I think they, Styles uh, has been kind of boring as the champ, and I was disappointed Nakamura didn't at least get a run with the title and, and try to do something different. Uh, but you know, at the same time, like I feel like. Rusev, they don't seem to know what to do with because I feel like he's got the dynamic with Lana. Now you have Lana running around with Lana Day shirts, and for a while they were they were teasing like uh, with Aiden English, you know, maybe they were going to turn on each other. And I just 
it seems sometimes that like that there's no plan for certain characters, and as talented as they are, Rusev seems like he's one of those guys who he's great. He should get a run with the title, but they just don't seem to to have the creative behind him to do it. I think, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I agree. I I think it's worse than not having a plan, though. I think it's when they have lightning in a bottle. And they're patently refusing to just go with it. And acknowledging it. When you have a building full of people and and different buildings full of different people across the country saying Rusev Day, it's a fucking baby face. The tactic, and we've talked about this, yeah, we've talked about this before. There used to be a rule, an unspoken rule, that when the fans started cheering for someone, you went with the flow because it made you money. Right. And then when you changed yep. it, everything was crazy, but it was fine because you had a plan and a reason to do so. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now there are so many people who get themselves over and the fans feel like they're not being heard. Exactly. And it used to be that that was kind of our agreement where it's like, you know, give us baby faces, give us heels, we'll cheer or we'll boo accordingly. But if someone gets us, you gotta ride the lightning like you say, because it does nothing but makes us happy and gives you money. And there's a way to do that where it isn't like just this easy, simple. There's a way to do that where it's still compelling and storyline. I feel like the NXT has allowed them to book out of spite on the main roster. Like, <laughs> I feel like their their position has become, if you don't like it, go watch NXT where you have all your little indie darlings and internet favorites and yeah. we'll give you what you want. Like, that that really feels like their attitude now. I feel like little indie darlings is the same as, like, when your mom is like, oh, your little friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell your little friend I said hi. Tell your little friend to take these shoes off in my house. Yeah, here's what we do on the main <laughs> roster. We do occasional singles matches and a fuck ton of tagging. We're all tagged. You think you like two singles people? Guess what? They're tag team now for one night only. Right. Maybe two nights only. Maybe forever. Maybe forever. You don't know. Oh, did you like, uh, did you like the final deletion or whatever? How do you like it now? I'll show you. I'm Vince McMahon. I take the things you love and I wear them down to a nub and I do it by grinding it against your face. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Let's move on. Raw had, first of all, both of these shows, which are normally kind of feel kind of throwaway, had had really good wrestling on them. Oh, I agree. The main event of Raw. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to. Was Drew McIntyre? I know, and Seth versus Seth Rollins. I kind of can't wait. This is Drew McIntyre. I was trying to watch it before I got here, but I was in a place where the Wi-Fi was uh, unreliable. And it was so good, so Ooh. good, so so good, fucking good. And that's one of those matches where it's like, look, sometimes we we are a little harder on WWE. I think we're harder on them than we are other people because they have the resources and they have the money and they have the talent and they have the writers that like we give other people more leeway than we give them. Um, so. Make no mistake, when something's fucking good, we're going to say it's good. And that match For was sure. amazing. Yeah, that guy is a star. He is a star. He is a huge star. You know what I've learned recently? And I haven't seen this match, so I'm not sure how much this applies. But I've learned that it varies very differently on the main roster depending on who's agenting the matches. Mm. Mm. And um, apparently... All of Seth Rollins' matches, since he's had this like fire run when, when he started... Uh, when, when he won the uh, IC title until now. Dean Malenko. Uh, no. Damn it. It was uh, Kid, right? Tyson Kidd has Tyson also Kidd been is working. agenting all of Seth Rollins' matches since he won the title. That's amazing. Wow. Tyson Kidd has also been working with all of the women. Okay, so wow. all, anyone you see who's getting, like, major progress, who, who like, not, not progress in Finley. terms of. Yeah, not in progress in terms of, like, but when you see someone in week to week, you're like, I can watch that person getting better. That's probably, like, Tyson Kidd for the main roster. BJ. I'm so happy. Did you no, watch? I, did you watch this main event on the television, did. or did you watch it on YouTube? <laughs> on no, top. I watched. I watched it live because I, I think that WWE has always made it clear the first hour, the top of the second hour, and then the last half hour of Raw is, is typically when the big stuff happens. Yeah. So you're almost like conditioned to tune in at those times, and so yeah, I caught the match. You know what's hilarious though is that McIntyre, when he went away, really didn't stand out much in Impact. Like he had a run with the title. They were calling him Drew Galloway, and like he he wasn't memorable in any way, shape, or form. And you could say the same about his NXT run. But now uh, he looks like a legit monster. He had a terrific match with Seth. I feel like you know if they if they handle it correctly, they could have something really fun to put up against Roman I, and, I, and some of the other big guys. I completely agree. I even saw him when he was 
mostly at Impact. He had done a couple uh, a couple matches at PWG, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. were not tight. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "Fuck this guy!" Like <laughs> he was learning, right? Honestly, since since his NXT match with Almas, mm. that was the first. I was like, "Oh, okay." Like this guy has a lot. Oh, there's something so, there. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and and from that and then going into him getting called up, I do feel like there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. he can do now. And, and I, I was definitely I feel like I wasn't seeing all of his potential. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, another surprisingly good match very quickly. Uh, Andrade Cien Almas finally debuts against Sin Cara and gets the win. Another really good match. Super fun. Good psychology. Loved it. Loved it. Excited Loved to see match. more. Uh, how excited were you, BJ? Scale of one to ten. <laughs> I would have to say it's a nine. Hey, uh, honestly, yeah. Nine. He puts on great matches. I, I feel like he hasn't had enough time with Zelina on SmackDown for you to really get to know them just yet. I agree. Uh, that's probably, that's been the one. I mean, like she could put on a promo as good as Paul Heyman, if not better. Like, wow, like yeah. she's she's fired up. I really do believe that. I think Hot NXT, take, but I don't know if I disagree. She's she, really good. You know what it makes if me you think. Watch her in NXT. Like she was, she was fire. Like towards the end of that run, with Amos as a champ. So, it, but for whatever reason, they just haven't done that yet on SmackDown. So it's exciting. It's I'm glad to see him in the ring. But I'm like, oh man, wait until they just sort of give them time on the mic to let them do their thing. It's gonna be great. All right. Let's. <laughs> speaking of lucha, Danielle. This week on Lucha Underground, King Cuerno beat Chavo Guerrero for an Aztec medallion. Yes. Huge. Danielle. Y'all are so cute. Danielle, what do you think of this match and these these dang medallions? I know how important they Ice are. Ice down medallions, son. Be really helpful. Wrestling for these. You know, like Thor is really big because he's got those six that he wears, those six medallions he wears on That's his chest. Right. Tell everybody about Girl, these medallions. Valhallen, Northwest. Look at me. I'm Dusty Rose, but I wear medallions all over instead of polka dots. Tell him, Thor. Tell him, Thor. So the way the medallions work, this is the super easy part, then I'll get more detailed. Sure. Each medallion (laughs) represents a chance to win the Gift of the Gods belt. Yes. So you fight, and then you win a medallion. And then when you win that medallion, it's so cool. It's like fucking uh, Power Rangers. There's a belt that's gold, and you take the medallion, and it fits on a part of the belt. And so people fight for the medallions and when they get them, they put them on the belt and then once the belt is full, then it becomes the gift of the gods. Question. Yes. How many episodes of the show do I have to watch for this to pay off? All of them. So That's too <laughs> not, many. Not all of them. No, like once a season. Once a season because essentially it is the Money in the Bank title. So everyone's what fighting to get okay. a, everyone's fighting to get a chance to fight, and every medallion represents someone who won it. And so then there will be a fight to win that belt, and that belt is called the Gift of the Gods. But as Dario Cuerto has told us over and over again, unlike some other people, you don't get to just run in and do it because he likes to promote his matches. Shade. And so at any time, <laughs> he if you have the gift of the gods, you can say next week I want to have a championship match. BJ, are you are you up to date on all your medallions? Uh no, I'm a couple episodes behind, but I am watching the some of the YouTube highlights. I, I can't say enough positive things about Cobra Moon. Same. Uh, I really think, like if anyone hasn't seen her work, uh she also wrestles in the name Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's spectacular. Like I'm convinced that within the next year or so, she's going to be like a big breakout star for women's wrestling. So uh, I've been excited following that development on Lucha Underground. I, you know, you mentioned the inter- intergender, and I, I'm a big proponent of that. I've been trying to get, or at least uh, poorly, trying to get like 205 Live to go intergender uh, because Lucha makes it look so seamless and wonderful. I feel like if they were to do it on 205 Live, it would be kind of a cool thing, a cool opportunity for a lot of different people on the roster, like the Riot Squad, where it's not entirely queer, like what's happening right. with those members of the group. So, yeah, I feel like Lucha is so innovative. It's it's something that everyone should be watching. You can get the episodes on iTunes. So like even mm-hmm. if you're not able to track it down, like that's what I do is I just get the episodes on iTunes and binge watch it like when I'm flying somewhere. All right. Uh, let's talk about NXT. Quick roundup there. Tomasa Ciampa is the next challenger for Aleister Black's NXT title, but Johnny Gargano is slowly losing his mind over failing to win in Chicago. He's losing his mind on the television show? He's losing his mind. I haven't seen it, but this is great news he, to me. He beat the horse piss. 
out of EC3. Did he really? Snapped. Did out of EC3. Oh, I love it. Does this feud, which will have a rubber match at some point, will it need a title at the top of it? Do we need Ciampa to win the title What's and Gargano a... to lose his mind chasing it? A rubber match just means a third one? Third one, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they've each won one now. The deciding match. Mm, I feel like Ciampa's going to get caught up before they have it. You think so? I think mm. I think they don't. I think that they. I think Champa wins the title eventually. I think he's gonna win it now. Because because uh, I don't. Alistair Black. There's no. What I don't. He's d- puts on very good matches he's and he's great. very charismatic. And I d- he does not need the belt. And, and he's also he's another one where he's great, but they don't know how to ride his character. Right. Like right. who's right. chasing him? Yeah. You know. And, and, like and, who, and what does he care about? Exactly. That's, doesn't care about anything. That's the tough. He's had short feuds. I think that's been the problem. Like his his running feud with Dream was not very long, and even the build up to Lars Sullivan was was almost like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. So there really hasn't been like a defining Alistair Black feud but, with that title. But yeah. uh, to that same point though, like let's say the the feud with Dream, for instance, we learned a lot about Dream in that feud. True. Dream really that's cared true. about people saying his name. Yeah. Right. So yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, there was a motivation. And, and that plays into true. his character. And and for Black, they need to figure out something like they need to figure out something he cares about. And they can he can infuse his feuds with that. I agree. Okay. Uh Mike, fashion corner time. Oh no. Yeah. What have you thought about Constable well, Baron Corbin's I, new in ring attire? I really hate it. You I, hate it I, more? I, I re like I, I Every time they even make little changes to it, I just hate it more because they're going more in a direction of making him look like a server that I don't want to give a tip to. Like he he doesn't like he looks like a dick. Not that like the the whole outfit isn't that bad. Just stature wise is what he looks like. You know what I mean? He took he looks like two things. One, he looks like the bass in an acapella group that's performing in the winter in the winter holiday concert. Two is he looks like a guy who wrestles on his lunch breaks when he's not working. From serving at Hands. you know what he is. I love it too. You know what he is. I actually do love it. He's the bassist of an Anthrax cover band. (laughs) That's what he dresses like. And they only play in Williamsburg. Yes, (laughs) yes, and he has to like stop tending bar to join the band on stage. And he always smells like cloves for some reason. Oh my! And he's the shift manager. Yeah, now we're just describing people I've dated. <laughs> I'm sorry, BJ. Do you like the way that, <laughs> that uh, Constable Corbin is dressed? He does definitely look like a waiter at an airport Olive Garden. Oh yes, yes. And so the airport one specifically. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you just nice keep one. giving me that cheese. Just keep grinding that parmesan. <laughs> All this adds up to not a believable wrestler. No, I love it. I, I love it too. Great. I also really? love it. Overruled. Yes. I cannot. It's heel. It's such a heel. It takes me smooth out of it. It's great. I love this. I love the shaved head. I love oh Constable Corbin. I love it. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's I love you, so BC. Threatening. If you've got any thoughts on what we've discussed so far, let us know about them at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter and Instagram. Up next, we're talking about the possibility of the two biggest wrestling companies in the world actually working together. That's coming up on Tights and Fights. Maximum Fun's new sci-fi comedy podcast, Bubble, is coming to San Diego Comic-Con on July 21st. At 1 p.m., Bubble cast members Travis McElroy, Cristela Alonzo, Eliza Skinner, Allison Becker, Mike Mitchell, Jordan Morris, and Danielle Radford will be signing autographs. Tickets are required, but free. Then at 5 p.m., the cast will participate in a panel moderated by Jesse Thorne, held at the San Diego Central Library. For more information, visit MaximumFun.org SDCC. to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by... Oh, Danielle Radford. Oh, and... you. <laughs> I always thought the mic came first. Did you know? No, no, no. Ladies first. And, and Michael there. Eagle, because I forgot a lot, especially when we first started doing this. Right. So <laughs> he definitely started going to you first because you were ready. Well, we took one. We took one week off and I 
forget everything. I know it feels like it's been three years. It, like it's it is. It's been like a reunion. It's also it been a minute been a since point. we've yeah. And we're also we're also joined by. This is what you oh, oh, I threw it. I threw it up oh, and hey. it dropped into the sand. It did. I'm good. I'm good at doing that. <laughs> Don't you dare cut this out, Julian. Every once in a while, we like to give something from the wrestling world some extra attention. This is our main event. Scream! A few weeks ago, WWE did something they haven't done in years. Promote an encounter between their wrestlers and three stars who are not under their contract. Kathy Kelly here for WWE Now, and the dream match we thought we would never see happen. It's happening. The New Day versus the Elite, Kenny Omega <sighs> and the Young Bucks in Street Fighter V. What the fuck? What? What the fuck? Right? Since that showdown <laughs> happened, Triple H has said that the company is open to another cross-promotional event. He's lying. Even with New Japan. Yeah. Yeah. He's lying. Yeah, I, I, well, that does so, it for this week on Tights and Fights. <laughs> Yo, like, WWE, technically you're an uh, independent contractor, sort of. Bullshit. Technically speaking. For, yeah, I know. You know however they want to describe it, right? So, right. Uh, I mean, Capcom, and I've, I've worked with a company that has produced Axis in the past, so, well, I mean, you can independently arrange events like that involving WWE wrestlers in New Japan and whatever other talent you want if you pay them. So, I, you know, I think it got great publicity, and I think Triple H was just sort of jumping onto it, but uh, there is no way you're going to see New Japan and WWE do something, especially now that you have Mark Cuban making so much noise about the money that's being invested in it and the, and the increase in the U.S. shows. I just, you're more likely to see like a, a huge super alliance with the, the smaller promotions right. against WWE than you are WWE working with like a New Japan or even a Ring of Honor. The, the only thing that um, would, it makes me not quite as certain is that, well, for one, uh, WWE's Twitter like tweeted about that event, and I remember like that mm. being a thing mm -hmm. that people were talking about in that moment. True, too. it felt different because of that one thing, right. but also um, <clears throat> that kind of went hand in hand with the network putting like an old Kenny Omega was FCW clip or something on the yeah. network, yeah, and yeah. like tweeting that terrible promo. I didn't. I didn't he was watch. Still he was a baby. Yeah, he was just a little that baby. wasn't. But I, but they did. They did frame it as like, hey, remember when Kenny Omega was a baby and he worked with us? Yeah. Like they didn't try to make it like it was like a what might have been. Right. Right. So they did definitely. They didn't. It was terrible, but they they acknowledged that he was young and working. On so it. so maybe maybe what that points to is more of their willingness and desire to work with him than it is to like do yeah. New Japan mm. crossover stuff. Uh, so. If I understand this correctly, the Young Bucks, Cody, and Kenny Omega, their contracts are expiring in the not-too-distant future? I know Young Bucks is, is that right? sure. I don't, I don't know about the rest. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of wonder if all of this would just the, – the reason why WWE piled on was is sort of like a recruitment pitch. Mm. It's possible. Very I've been certainly possible. showing like, hey, we're don't hey, we're cool, friend. Right. We're just like you. We're young people who are we'll, hip and with it. We'll let you do stuff on your internet. What do you like to do? We're fine with it. Yeah, with it. Whatever you want is fine with us. <laughs> we're super cool, and not just right now, but forever. <laughs> uh, thanks to something else to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> uh, we're getting wholesale mentions of TNA. I mean, they did a whole episode that was AJ Styles and TNA, and you can sell me on the, the kayfabe of, I don't know if they're even going to air this, Bruce. But you know they are. But of course they are. Yeah. There's no way they're doing anything without say-so. They're not functioning 100% independent. They may, you know, they're still being censored. I'm sure it's still being produced to a certain extent. I'm sure uh, content-wise they can sort of say what they want because it's disavowed, but there's no way they go, and we're going to do an episode about TNA and get away with it. There is right. permission, and that means yeah. that maybe there are talks going on. I know I know. Uh, a while back there was a rumor going around that WWE was going to purchase TNA. That did not happen. Uh, do, what do you think is going on here? What Are they going to make a play for a tape library? That's My understanding is that their actual real money-fueled <laughs> desire has always yeah. been to acquire the tape library. Yep. So just that being in play, especially since – they're investing more and more in former Impact TNA talent. Mm -hmm. It makes that tape library more and more valuable to them. So 
uh, I I do see that as a reason for them to reverse course where they used to not mention or even hire anybody directly out of that organization. Mm. Right. There is value for them now. So mm. I, I think more and more that door will be open. One thing that I've been uh, – this is wild speculation. So I just want to like put up that asterisk first. But uh, if you look at the television rights deal, there's this uh, rumor that NXT is going to go to FS1. And so I suspect strongly that you're going to see probably Impact or some other promotion fill that spot. Like, it would not surprise me at all if WWE turns around and goes, hey, for $15 a month, uh, you can watch Impact Wrestling on the WWE Network, or you can watch uh, Ring of Honor or Pride or Shimmer or any of the other groups out there. I really do think that's going to happen. I Just from what you see with Impact right now, you can tell. It's a, it's a very shoestring budget. They don't know if they're going to be around for a long time. Uh, the wrestlers don't really interact with each other on the show uh, for the reason that of budget cuts. You know, they're, mm-hmm. like, they're very mm-hmm. concentrated in their feuds. So uh, don't be – I mean, you never say never in professional wrestling, so I shouldn't say never that New Japan WWE will never work together, especially because just remember, uh, WWE had a pay-per-view in North Korea. Uh, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> So like, you can never say never in wrestling, but I really do think in the not too distant future, NXT is going to jump to FS1 and to fill the void, we're going to see impact that its tape library pop up on the on the network. Right. Yeah, you might have the next greatest Royal Rumble in North Korea. Who knows? Yeah, to be fair, WCW, <laughs> they did, did do they, a North Korean show. Yeah, they did work with Dennis Rodman, so <laughs> they had an easy end there. All right. Uh, it, would you rather see, if this were going to happen, a partnership between WWE and New Japan, would you rather see uh, WWE stars in an event like Wrestle Kingdom, or would you rather see New Japan stars invade WrestleMania? I would rather see New Japan stars invade WrestleMania. I think that would be fun. Um, I think it would be a way to introduce those dudes to some people who may not like be super familiar with them, and they can go back and do their own thing. Almost like um, the way it was with ECW, when they would like come do invasions and stuff. Yeah, that yeah, worked, that worked really out. Good. I well, look, look, <laughs> it did look, at first. I'm just look, kidding. It did I'm at just first. Kidding. And, at first it did. It did. It did. Look, they are not Paul Heyman. I love Paul Heyman. That's not me saying anything bad about him. It's just everyone knows he's like not the best parent. And New Japan <laughs> seems to seem like they are good at making sure people are paid. So, yeah, apparently that's part of their whole Ring of Honor deal was that they made that easy for Ring of Honor by offering to pay travel for all the New Japan people who are on Ring of Honor shows so they could develop that presence in North America. Yep. So they are a little bit more uh, business minded than Mr. Heyman. I'd rather see WWE stars invade New Japan because I think that that would get more interest that would drive more interest from WWE people over to New Japan mm-hmm. than the other way around. They'd just be like, who are these people? It would be like the 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 luchadors that they had at the 97 Rumble. Hmm. Where they're like, who? Yeah. Who's this guy? Why should I? There's, you know, unless you're already a wrestling casual fan. WWE fans that are going to have no idea who these people are. That is true. But if you, know, if you send John Cena over to Wrestle Kingdom, people who are fans of John Cena will go watch, and you have a chance to hook them. I'm not saying it's going to work, well, but, but you could also way send, better than... You could also send Cody or Kenny Omega, people who already have like some kind of connection to WWE... Possibly. ...over. You could send the Young Bucks... I wouldn't count With Cody. all of the Bullet Club fucking shirts. Like... Would not count Cody. That wouldn't feel like that would feel that would feel like that when they were doing the invasion, right? And they were like, "Oh, right, right." right. But you could have the Bucks yeah. come over. You could have Omega come over, and there you could explain it through that match. Plus, again, you see enough Bullet Club shirts there that yeah. like people are gonna pop. Right. All right. One last thing. Giving you all the book. What 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 dream match would you book? You get one superstar, one New Japan, one WWE. What is a one-on-one? Two dudes. Mm. BJ. I got a tag team match that I really don't have a one-on-one that I, I'd like to see. So, okay. I mean, I'd love to see New Day and the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, does oh, that count? Could, does that count? Just yeah. One thing. yeah, I'll take it. Um, does also, that count? I think I'll that I, I think that I would enjoy seeing Coda versus Finn. I think that would oh. be a really fun match. That would be cool. That would be great. I guess I felt like if we were talking New Japan, we needed to, like talk like homegrown New Japan talent right. and not imports I don't know cause yeah. I wanna see Kenny Omega versus everybody WWE yeah. and I and like the only one well I'm I'm really familiar with Okada 
and Naito, I think, are the ones that I'm most familiar with um, out of their current uh, New Japan roster. I don't really like Okada that much. I think Naito's interesting, but I just I just would like to watch him more, and it wouldn't even matter who he was with. Mm. So there's not a dream match scenario for that. So all that to say, uh, that's not a real answer. All right. <laughs> Do you have a not a real answer for us? Hit us up on our Facebook page, <laughs> facebook.com slash group slash tights fights, and at tights fights on Twitter and the gram. When we come back, we're each going to have one thing from the world of wrestling that we think deserves a little bit of extra love. Don't give me that look. It is one thing. That's coming up next on Dyson Hi, this is Jay Keith Van Stratton, host of Go Fact Yourself here on the Maximum Fun Network. On Go Fact Yourself, we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. Paul, by the way, how much do you know about chicken husbandry? You gotta give them that grain. <laughs> All right. You gotta give them that grain. And then smart again. What future Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cleveland Indians became the first active player to enlist? Bob Feller. When- oh, okay. <laughs> We've got me... Co-host Helen Hong, plus celebrity guests and actual surprise experts. In the coming weeks, you can hear guests like Maria Bamford, Tom Bergeron, Paul F. Tompkins, Janet Varney, and Grant Imahara. And if you're in the New York area, come check us out live. We're doing two shows there on July 21st and July 22nd. Go to GoFactorPod.com for tickets and more. We'll see you in New York or on the first and third Friday of every month here on the Maximum Fun Network. Back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by Danielle Radford and Michael Eagle. And I did it. BJ Mendelson. Yes. Yeah. Every Got week we end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is the three count. <laughs> That's me doing that screen. I'm not good at it. This is going to be a four count. Let's go to, uh, let's do our guest first. Yeah. How's that? I like that. Guest first. BJ Mendelson, you are our guest. You're a guest in our home. Please plug something you love from wrestling that happened this week or ever. Go for it. Well, something coming up this weekend is uh, the WrestleMania of cosplay. Oh, my uh, God. Involved, yeah, it involves a group called Fantasy Super Cosplay Wrestling, Ooh. which has a lot of wrestlers from Lucha Underground, Impact, and a lot of the other different groups that are out there. Uh, my personal favorite, Diamante, she's going to be there cosplaying as Molina, which I think is pretty <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. So uh, I highly recommend it. There'll be a Florida Supercon and then Rally Supercon uh, coming up in a couple of months. So definitely check them out. It's Fantasy Super Cosplay Wrestling um, on Twitter. If you Google it, it'll, it'll come right up. Fantastic. That's, That's really incredible. cool. Thank you. Thank you for the heads up. Danielle. I am putting over um, season two, episode eight of Glow. Where uh, there's no spoilers. That's very specific. Well, the reason why is because they do. It's not. It's just an episode of what the TV show would look like. Oh it's snap! Amazing. Oh, I haven't gotten dope. that far yet. Don't spoil it though. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Don't say anything else about it. Uh, well, no, it's something really easy. <laughs> Stop. It's, it's it, it. It very much Stop. feels like the old glow. It's very much there's sketches and there's good wrestling and there's music and there's everything. If you haven't seen the show, you have no desire to see the show. You can watch this and be like, oh shit, it's so. Fucking good and so fucking funny. But you should watch the rest of the show. But you should really watch the rest of the show because it is really, 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 really good. Five minutes. The Warrior. What's great is um, how many people thought this was Pat Benatar. It does sound exactly yeah, like one. It does sound yeah. like, but it's not. It's, I can't remember the name. The Warrior. <laughs> It's not Joan Jett, is it? No. no it's not Jett. Shooting down the walls of heartache. Bang, bang. By the way, this, this is was also friends, the like, Charles Barkley song on the NBA Superstars VHS cassette. Really? Wow. 100%. Yes, that's right. He didn't, he didn't pick it, maybe. He did not. Just the same way that uh, um, Dr. J did not pick the greatest love of all. <laughs> he did not pick that as a song. I guarantee it. Mike? Oh, okay. Hal um, Eagle. Am I right? <laughs> sure. Always. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
someone else has stolen our, our format where we get on microphones and talk <gasps> about wrestling. What? Wait, like a recording. podcast? Oh, they and stole had, it from us. I didn't and know other people had podcasts. Should we sue them? We definitely should. We okay. should add them to the list of people we should sue. Okay. Um, but they record themselves talking about wrestling and they upload it to the internet. That's weird. Where everybody can listen. Oh. Or just anybody can just listen with their Fucking ears? Fucking anybody. What? It's crazy. Ew. Uh, Robbie E., who is a former uh, TNA Impact wrestler, mm-hmm. uh, has a podcast called Why It Ended. And oh, yeah. on this podcast, he interviews um, wrestlers and he talks to them about how and why their career came to an end. I'm going to uh, list some of the guests. Buff Bagwell, amazing episode. Just incredible. The amazing and saddest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. Mm. D'Lo Brown, amazing. Oh. Uh, Al like Snow, not so great, but good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, dope, because he talked about specifically oh, being yeah. a writer and how that ended. Mm-hmm. Um Vince Russo, but that was that episode was terrible. Bro, don't listen to that. Yeah, please. Bro, That's bro, what it bro. sounds like. It sounds like that bro. for like two hours. But uh, his bros are like my likes. They're worse. They're far worse. How is that possible? Your likes are endearing. His bros are <laughs> yeah. repulsive. Um, Each one just cocks your fist back further. But it, <laughs> it's an excellent uh, podcast, and I think the particularly interesting thing about it is 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 that it. Is very self-aware, and the people who are on it are very mm-hmm. self-aware about being able to see that like a run is over, even if they're still active. They know that like their run in the spotlight of being in the biggest companies, being internationally marketed superstars or performers, wow. is over. And they talk about all of that. They they, t- they start each episode with the beginning of how they got into wrestling, mm-hmm. but they definitely spend a lot of time on like what happened. I think it's great. You remembered them fondly, and then oh, this is they the were gone. Is? And now you want to know. Is that you? Yes. Who? What? Where? When? Why? 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 Why it ended with Robbie E. and Matt Coon. Hey. That's hey. great. That's Are you suffering from this? <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> That guy is making so much money. It's Matt Coon. He's that guy. He's the mesothelioma guy? Yeah. Oh, no God. way. Yeah. Is that all he does is well, ask the wrestlers I know he, about he's, mesothelioma? He's that guy for um, Conrad and for Conrad's podcast. Do I don't you know or does someone you know suffer from mesothelioma? Oh, I can't wait to hear that voice host, host the podcast. He's so good. He's a good I'm host. sure he's great. He's I'm yeah, sure he's great. But all I can you. imagine is, can you tell me what it was like when you were a wrestler? <laughs> what was it like when you stopped? He well, can't... you know that podcast people have different voiceover people have different voices? No, they don't. Everybody's you got one do. voice. You You have 80 voices. One voice. Do Wide Whale. One voice. Hello, it's me, Wide Whale, from The Venture Brothers, season seven, <laughs> coming in August. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you sound like. It is too. That ain't Stop. what you I don't sound know what you're talking like. about. I'll tell you a sound I like. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I like the sound of Rusev on commentary because the best part of the AJ versus Shinsuke match is Rusev on that damn mic. Boy, does this guy have a career set for him when he decides to stop wrestling, and I hope it is a decision. Here is him uh, talking strategy for this upcoming match on Sunday. Okay, what what happens if AJ gets you caught in the calf crusher, Rusev? I have four escapes that have worked on. Thank you very (laughs) much. Four escapes. Last time, Seamus trying to put me in a calf thing. He couldn't because my legs are so big. I have big quads, Byron. (laughs) Follow me on Instagram. You can see a whole bunch of pictures of my quads. (laughs) And that's just one highlight. Now, question. Yes. During... This point in the match where he was speaking, was there like nothing going on in the ring? No, they were wrestling. Yeah. It just wasn't compelling at all. It wasn't, it was... No, it was good. Huh. It was good, but the best part was him, especially when they get to the point where uh, where AJ goes to attack Aiden English. And <laughs> Rusev's like, that was completely unnecessary. Why would you do that? Like. <laughs> A fully on the mic, just he's fantastic. He's, he's so, so good. I'm so happy for him. Rusev is the best. Rusev number one. Clap, clap. 
That does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, our hosts were Mike Eagle and Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. Thank you again, BJ Mendelson, for joining us. BJ! Tell everybody, uh, you've already put over something else. Please tell everybody, put yourself over. Tell us where... We should go find, read your work, check you out. Give yeah, the uh, everything's at bjmendelson.com. My phone number's on there. It's 646-331-8341. If you text me, I will send you a free PDF copy of any of my books because oh. I I just want people to read my stuff. I don't really care about making money from it. Okay, so. I'm legit texting you tonight. Yeah. I feel like you made a huge mistake. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> no, been making a- this mistake every day, clearly. This must be, this must be working out. Like so Google, it's like a Google number. Listen, it's not called it's show like, show text. It's called show business. You gotta make some money off of this, BJ. We're gonna talk. I'll take you off on it. There you go. So text BJ. Go check out his stuff, and then go buy something that he's done, and support uh, support the work of great artists and all artists. Dial one nine hundred Mendelson. Yeah, kick them nasty thoughts. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, baby got books. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of putting things over, of course, I host another show on the network called We Got This with Mark and Hal. But, you know, we talked about Glow Today, which sort of crosses into pop culture. And I'd be remiss if we didn't plug our pals over at Pop Rocket. They're doing great pop culture stuff oh, every boy. week. So I encourage you to check them out. They are fantastic. We love you guys. Always nothing but love for you guys. Anything uh, you want to put over? Um, uh, so if you are following me, we've got some, I've, there's exciting stuff. I can't quite announce it yet, but once I can, I will. There is going to be some great things happening if you're coming down to San Diego Comic-Con or just otherwise paying attention to Comic-Con things. So watch my, um, watch my Twitter because there will be announcements and all kinds of fun stuff, um, happening soon. And really that's it. My life is Comic-Con. I am no person. I am Comic-Con now. Oh, wow. Michael? Um, and... Rap news, I'm performing in Chicago at Pitchfork, uh, the Pitchfork Festival, yes. which is next weekend. Um, so I'm doing the main festival, I'm doing an after party at Lincoln Hall on Friday, July 20th. Uh, comedy shit, I'm going to be at Just for Laughs doing um, mm. the New Negroes Live with Baron Vaughn on the 27th and 28th in Montreal. And then uh, in August, for wrestling news, I'm going to do a uh, SummerSlam-themed rap show. Uh, at Elsewhere Zone in Brooklyn. Yeah, okay, it's amazing. On the uh, 17th of August. Also, wow. you know who else is going to be at Montreal doing comedy? Sammy fucking Zane. He's never done improv before, but he is going to be doing improv at Just for Laughs Montreal, which I feel like you oh. can't do anything more heel than have your first time performing as a comic be at fucking Montreal. <laughs> I, may, I may heckle him. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Our producer slash seducer is Julian Burrell. Hello. Senior producer at Maximum Fun and at Pop Rocket is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well. We're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget that, Graham. If you love the show, please remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. The more we get, the closer you get to that sweet, sweet tights and fights merch. Thank you so much, finally, to all of the Maximum Fun members who have a portion of their monthly recurring contribution come our way. It keeps the lights on and it keeps us in business, and we appreciate it. We'll be back next week for even more. You guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.